You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is Six Rings. The dynasty continues. And football things. The X, the Z, vertical routes. I love football, man. With your host, Andy Hart. Well, Andy Hart is a football genius. I'm not going to pretend I sit down and watch the All-22. Next question, Andy Hart, please. Nick Fitzy Stevens. Is that Fitzy with you this morning? Absolutely not, Fitzy. This just in, I'm dead inside. And Chris Shine. Derek Carr, however, is a guy I would ride tonight. I think Matt Patricia's a boob. Hello again, Pats Nation, and welcome to the latest episode of Six Rings and Football Things, a presentation of WEEI, WEEI.com, and Odyssey Sports. Your old pal Nick Fitzy Stevens with you once again, alongside the almighty and powerful Andy Jumbo Hart and Mr. Mystery himself, he of the hot takes, the hater and the greater himself, Chris Shime Time Shime. Afternoon, gentle friends, how we be? What's up, boys? How we doing? Uh, we'll see. We'll see what kind of mood you're in. Whether you're going to derail this with negativity. All never. Right. I would That's never. That's not the thing. start we wanted to get off on. Thank you all for listening once again. If you have not, if you are new to the Pat's Party, please rate, subscribe, review, give us a follow on the tweet machine if you would at Six Rings Pod. And if you ever have a question you would like to pose to the boys. We are sixringspod at gmail.com. Today we continue with our positional breakdowns. We're going to run it back. I-23 form dive with the running backs in our first segment. Second segment, a little early Pat's potpourri today with a flurry of good little questions, tidbits, news, and nuggets. And then in the third segment, Andy's favorite, we're going to play a game. I've whipped up a fun little round of (laughs) Would You Rather Patriots Summer Edition. And I think everyone's up. Sorry. That's actually a lap. And I've scheduled a meeting with HR for you at two o'clock today. And (laughs) Andy Uh, says, Halle Berry. Everyone's like, what was the name of that movie? Oh, right. Swordfish. And now I have to go to HR as well. All right, guys, (laughs) let's kick things off. We continue with our positional breakdowns. We have so far in previous episodes. And if you've missed them, they're available on whatever platform you choose to enjoy your podcasts on. We have broken down the defensive line, and we have also talking about tight ends. Today, we go with what could potentially be the Patriots' strongest room, or at least it has been in the past when folks like the 33rd team's Mike Tannenbaum said the Patriots had the best running back room in the league. So before I get to any of the other rankings that I uh, grabbed and culled from the internet, gentlemen, when I say Patriots running back room, what's the first description that comes to mind? Uh, committee versatility, uh, share the load in a way that no longer, but Ivan fears miraculously, um, oversaw it. It's the, it's the most ego free environment I've ever seen in, in pretty much anything, forget sports, forget radio station, whatever 
the their ability to play at what I would say has been a consistently relatively high level, almost regardless of who the bodies were coming through the committee, and be a unified front. You know, there's so many pictures and videos you can find of one running back scoring and the others running down the sideline, you know, big jump, big huddle, big hugs. And, and I find that amazing in this sort of, you know, dog eat dog world that we live in where, you know, for me to get ahead, the, the fantasy yeah. footballification yeah. that leads to stars, divas, oh, a all about me for the most part. I mean, you get the 100%. occasional big touchdown year like Damian Harris a year ago, but or LeGarrette you know, Blunt in 2016. Yeah, but they all love each other. And I, I have always credited in part Ivan Fears for that. And we should probably note Ivan Fears is. I guess semi-retired. He's still at practices watching from the bleachers. He's still around in sort of a consulting role, I guess. I'm getting the sort of vibes that Scar gave off in that transitional yep. year once he retired, yet still was available for a phone call or a Zoom or a yep. swing by. I think he's he's done. Like, he's emptied out the office, and or rather the office isn't fully occupied, but he can come by and consult and assist, which is great. Uh, but it's funny, Andy... I, the ego free thing is great. I think a lot of people get that vibe, but maybe no one had actually put it to tape before. And I, I think that's uh, very much what Bill Belichick would want people to hear. But the first word that comes to mind for me, Shime, is strength. It's a strength yeah. of this team. They're a strong room, and the Patriots are going to need them to be a strength of the team if they're going to get anything done this season. Yeah, I think uh, you guys kind of nailed it. I, I love the idea. I mean, I think they are absolutely versatile. I love that word that Andy used. <coughs> and then I would agree that strength is the other word I would use. Yeah, no, Wait, when Shime speaks spit, positively but... about the Patriots, he literally <laughs> gets choked up. Yeah, no, he's <laughs> allergic to it. Like he's having, an, you guys should see right now. His throat is turning red. You can see he's grasping at his pen and jab it in his thigh. I, yeah. I, I, mean, I, I think I, the Patriots are going to have I a good no, but I, I think their running back room is extremely versatile. And I think on top of that, it is the strength of their team. It is the most complete room position-wise I think they have on this roster. Um, I, I think the combination of Damian Harris and Ramondre Stevenson is awesome, especially normally with Belichick running back. So draft you and stash you for a year, almost redshirt you. But with Ramondre Stevenson, that wasn't the case. He was on the field right away, and he was impactful all season. Um, and so I can only imagine that his his impact will grow. And, and Damian Harris is another year, hopefully stronger and better. I know sometimes that you can just put too much tread on the tires. I don't feel like that's the case for him. Uh, and so I, I view this running back room as the best position group on the team. Okay, now before we get to the questions that potentially sure surround the running back room, I just want to rattle off a couple of rankings that I pulled from your interwebs. Let's see what the people are saying, Andy. Let's okay. go to the rest of the other analysts, know-it-alls. And Wait, you know what I say about the people. What do you say about the people? Just in general, the people are stupid. Okay, mm -hmm. good. Also good. True. It's what it's what carries so much favor and fandom with you uh, wherever you go <laughs> and behind whatever microphone you open. All right, Sports Illustrated and Pro Football Focus say that Damian Harris is the 17th best running back in the NFL. Patriot, uh, the Patriots come in 15th overall uh, on Pro Football Focus in their running back room. Uh, FTN Fantasy, which is an actual website, says the Patriots have the eighth best running back room in the NFL and loves their backfield headed in from a fantasy perspective and a winning football games perspective. 
The 33rd team, the aforementioned Mike Tannenbaum's website, gives them a B-plus overall as a positional group, which is uh, pretty, pretty, pretty good. And one and, more uh, little stat for you ranking-wise, too. Damian yeah. Harris is 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10th on the gambling charts to lead the league in rushing yards. Now, last year, let's we forget, he came in second in the NFL with 14 rushing tutties. Um, Rob Ninkovich, though, a uh, friend of the morning show, hopefully soon to be a member uh, or rather guest on the Six Rings pod, multiple Super Bowl champion. He said, though, as we talk here about Damian Harris, and these now we get into the questions of the Patriots running back room 2022. Nink says Ramondo, as Wiggy calls him, could end up being a top five running back this season. So let's get into the first question. Guys, will Damian Harris lead the Patriots in rushing yards and touchdowns again this season, given that he has the last couple of seasons and this is a potential free agent walk year for him. Will he stay in new England? Does he go somewhere else? Can he stay healthy long enough to get into the four digit rushing yards and double digit touchdowns? Andy speak to the people. Yeah, I think this is still uh, Damian Harris's backfield. I still think he's the lead back. Um, I also think in the Belichickian use them and move on from them theory in the backfield, why wouldn't you put a little extra wear and tear on Damian Harris, right? Drive the market up for Damian Harris. Get somebody else to pay Damian Harris when you know you're in all likelihood turning the keys to the backfield over to Ramondre Stevenson and to a lesser degree Kevin Harris, who you drafted this year that we'll get into a little bit. Um, yeah, I, I think it's Damian Harris's job. You know, 929 last year, so a little, you know, one more big run, and he's a thousand yard back a year ago. He started what fifteen games. I I still think he's the lead horse, and I also think Belichick really respects Damian Harris. If if you go back and listen to some of the quotes about the work he put in last off season, the investment he put in, and I personally think they were in juxtaposition to Sony Michelle, who was playing himself right out of town in the trade. I think. Bill Belichick was fluffing up the guy who works hard, fluffing up the guy that he respects, and then kicking the other guy out of town. So, yeah, I think and, – and I also sneaky think Damian Harris can catch the ball. He's not stone hands. He's not mm -hmm. incapable of helping you on passing downs. He had 18 catches a year ago. On 21 targets, me, too, so a high percentage. It's a right, high conversion me, rate. I think he could be a 35-catch guy easily if – Whatever reason, the third down back role is a little gray. We'll get into James White in a, in a minute. Um, so, yeah, I think it's Damian Harris's running back room. He's the leader. Yeah, I'm with you, Andy. I 100% agree. I think Damian Harris, this mm -hmm. is his backfield, and Ramondre is his number two guy. I think Ramondre is still going to get a decent share of the load just because it helps keep Damian fresh for the longevity of the season, right? We've seen Damian suffer with a couple injuries. Uh, in, and in also he get tired in certain games, Shime, like the opener yeah, last that, year. He shouldn't go over 20 carries because he gets a little tired at that point, especially considering how hard he runs and thereby how hard people get after him when they try to bring him down. Exactly. And he's not like an open field burner, right? So you can put him on the field whenever you want. Like he's good in goal line situations. He's good in open field situations. He's not going to take it to the house. Like he's not going to be Andy's guy where it's just gone, but he's going to be a, a solid running back no matter what. And I agree with you, Andy. I think he has better hands than he gets credit for. I think both these running backs are so versatile that they could be out. Any, either of them could be out on first, second or third down because I think they can both catch the football and they both run well. 35 receptions from, uh, would be incredible this year, by the way. The fantasy people and the actual Pats people well, would love to see it. Andy, a little update? I think they're a fantasy disaster, quite personally. Excellent. I would never tell because... You don't think, know who's going to get the share right. of the I lion's share of the carries capable, every week. 
of 12 to 15 yes. touchdowns, but neither will get probably 12 to 15 touchdowns because they'll split it. And if you have the wrong guy for the wrong week, like I, I think they are a nightmare and a, a week to week regret. Like I made the wrong decision uh, update off of the uh, mini camp field, very unscientific Andy Hart observation. Yes. Uh, Damian Harris looks bigger and stronger to me this year. His arms are mm, just that. yoked, bro. Enormous. Yeah. I, I think the other thing to note with Damian Harris too, and, and I, I only have the benefit of knowing this because he was a guest on Gresham Keefe a lot in last offseason or last Excellent season. Excellent speaking voice carries himself very well. Sharp, tremen man. tremendous pipes, but also speaks like a Patriot. Oh yeah. Like he's constantly yeah. pumping natural, up his NBP, teammates. Natural born he's like, Patriot. you know, I just want to go mm -hmm. out there play football. I'm going to do what the coach tells me to do. I'm going to take the rock and I'm going to do my job. And like, that's the kind of mentality he has. And I think again, another thing Belichick respects about him is he goes out. He's just, he is a cog in the wheel of this team. Well, look at so his here's, He's an Alabama guy. He shared yeah. carries at Alabama. Right. He shares carry here. He's been a pro for the last seven years of his life. When you include the Nick Saban time with the bill Belichick mm -hmm. time, he's a pro's pro. What he's been. All right. So the million dollar question before we get into Ramondo, uh, the passing backs and the rooks, do we believe if Damian Harris has 1,050 yards and 11 touchdowns this season, regardless of the success enjoyed by Ramondre Stevenson, Mondre, the rookies, et cetera, that he'll be here in the future? Or are we watching Damian Harris's likely last season in Foxborough? Um, likely last season in Foxborough. I'd never rule it out. Um, the running back market is always a weird world between, mm -hmm. between teams re-signing their own guys, new age kind of moving on from guys, you know, being smart about contracts. So he feels like to me, first of all, we'll see how Kevin Harris develops. We'll get into that discussion. But he also feels like to me a classic, hey, Damien, go see what's out there. See what you can get and then come back to us. Yeah, right. I, uh, I I absolutely think this is uh, his last season in New England. I just think that he's going to play so well that he's going to be able to get a decent chunk of change on the uh, on the free agent market. And the Patriots are going to look at it and be like, all right, we'll take the comp pick. We'll ride with Ramondre. Hopefully one of our current rookie running backs will be second year next year. Running backs are taking a step forward and can be that number two guy. Uh, or we, we draft another one in the third or fourth round and get him ready to play behind Ramondre. I think that's it's just the way Belichick kind of operates when it comes to the running back position, right? We've never really seen him mm -hmm. pay a running back. The one time he shelled out for a running back, he traded to get Corey Dillon in here. But since then, it it's just been guys that he can fill in at relatively cheap money, and some of them have a lot of success. And, and I think you're going to continue to see that economic maneuver continue. I agree. There's great versatility in the room. I do also agree with you, Shime, that the Patriots' strongest room Right as of right now is the running back room, and it's going to be an asset that's going to be deployed frequently, often, uh, and every day that ends in AY because that's the that's what the Patriots are going to do. And whether or not they end up employ employing some of the more zone run concepts and tweaking things a little bit, getting them out in space, uh, if it looks Shanahanian, if you will, who knows? All I know is that those big bad power runs up the gut will likely still belong mostly to Damian Harris. I do agree that he'll lead the team, if healthy, in touchdowns and rushing yards. But what of Ramondo? Oh, Mondre, what kind of role do we see cut out for the surprisingly, uh, should we say, spry yet strong, break borderline breakout-ish player of 2021? I don't know if anyone knew about him, let alone what kind of expectations we had for the Ramonsta last season. Andy, 
Do we see him pulling up closer to Damian Harris this year? Does he carve out his own role? Or like Ninko says, does he take over and become a star? Um, I think he it's a, it's probably a little bit of growth out of what his role was last year. Like he had a good rookie year and, you know, he found himself in the doghouse early, but he was an impactful runner, 600 yards rushing, same yards per carry as Damian Harris caught the ball a little bit. We all remember that big play 40, whatever yard catch and run. He's got some explosiveness to his pass catching ability. Um, mm-hmm. and you're right. I think people weren't really sure what to expect from him dominant at the Juco level, kind of, a impactful role player at Oklahoma. Um, I was really interested this spring that Ronnie Perkins mm-hmm. was talking about how he was wowed by Ramondre Stevenson. And remember Ooh, they were college teammates. teammates. Yeah. And he was like, dude was like a power back in college. And then he got here and I was like wowed by his footwork and his elusiveness. And he showed sort of some different skills than he remembered from Oklahoma. Now, yeah, they called him like baby blunt when he got drafted, right? Yeah, yeah I that's mean, what everybody thought, and, and yet some of it was miscast. Like everybody mm-hmm. was like, "Oh, he's two hundred and fifty pounds," and I'm like, "Dude's not two fifty. And then it finally came out he was playing at like two twenty seven or something. Like he had dropped yeah. twenty to thirty pounds in the process. But t- my comp has is, and I'll stick with is Le'Veon Bell. I think he can be a three down back. I think he can be a playmaker. I think he can be a workhorse, and I think he can catch the damn football. Um, I'm intrigued. You know, we've talked a lot about bridges to twenty twenty three. I'm intrigued when 2023, I think this is going to be Ramondre Stevenson's backfield. I'm intrigued to see what that brings. One quick side note, then I'll let Chime get on his Stevenson uh, horse. Just, I I want to distance myself from you two. I I do not actually believe the running back room is the best room on the Patriots. I'm not even sure it's in the top three. Um, I think it's solid. But are, there's other you, rooms I would are you take. On ahead drugs? Of what back. what other position group would you take ahead of running back? Well, I would take the defensive line over this group. Yeah. I think Christian oh. Barmore is a rising star. Mm-hmm. And then you there's depth and veteran ability. Like I think there's some questions with this group. Like the passing back position that's been so prominent in this offense. I don't know where that's coming from. I don't know if that's going to be James White, if that's going to be Ty Montgomery, or if it's what we're talking about. It's going to be Harris and Stevenson being more th- three down type players. And I also think none of these guys has played at an at an elite level. Like offensive line, for example, if they're healthy, Trent Brown can be a Pro Bowl left tackle. Like David Andrews is a veteran stud center. So I, like even wide receiver, I would say the body really? depth at wide receiver. Devontae Parker's had a better year than any of these guys could ever dream of. I think Jacoby Myers is more consistent than any of these guys have been in his career. Like I think it's see I I think I, I I, I'm with the rankings record. that this to me is a mediocre room. Like there's some upside, oh, wow. but they're very middle of the road, 15th to 17th, whatever some of those numbers. Were. Yeah, this 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 running back room, this pair of running backs in particular feels like a shade off of your Aaron Jones, A.J. Dillon kind of backfield. Like or, that's how it's it's it is a it's not on that level. I'm not saying that they are those two guys, but it is a it is headed in that direction. Is how it feels to me, right? I, I and you and yes. I, you had mentioned mm-hmm. Andy how you comped Ramondre to Le'Veon Bell. Love that. When you and I talked about this back when this was still the uh, off day podcast, formerly known, uh, we we graded we we talked about Ramondre prior to the draft, and, and my comp for Ramondre was Aaron Jones. Mm-hmm. Like I, it, it's he plays. Who big, says no to that? Moves. It, he moves with this fleet of foot that you don't mm-hmm. expect from him. And, and more fluidly than you would expect as well. And mind you, everyone who's listening, the consistently top-rated running back room on all these different websites, 
pro football focuses, et cetera, et cetera, is Cleveland because the yeah. complimentary pass catching back power back of Chubb and Hunt, a.k.a. Chunt, is the top rated running back room consistently in the NFL. Dare I say, I think Harrison Stevenson, depending on who emerges as the possible third down passing back, Andy, I have I believe these guys can enter the top 10 running back in the room running back room in the NFL chat. And I strongly, strongly disagree with not even a potential top three room on the Patriots, but that's, yeah, just, that's this, just the Foxborough fanboy. I also yeah, think I when you're talking about receiving back, I don't necessarily believe that that position of like third down receiving back is of a high priority right now, because I think these two guys can handle that load. You, like you said, I, I mean, Ramondre was 14 of 18 for a buck 23 last year. Damien was, what did we say? 13 of 15 or something like that for around uh, just over hundred yards. They were both averaging just over seven and a half, eight yards per reception. Mm -hmm. Like I think these guys have better hands than anybody has yet to kind of see or give them credit for. And so I think split between the two of them, I wouldn't be shocked if each of them has 25 to 30 catches this season. Mm -hmm. All right, guys, we got to keep, Segment moving along. A couple other questions till we wrap it up, put a bow on it, and move along into the potpourri. James White. Does James White make the team? Does James, James White. What? Toss to White. He's in for the touchdown. Patriots win the Super Bowl. Brady has his fifth. What a comeback. Is James White, as asked by our pals over at Patriots Wire, the USA Today, Patriots blog, Henry McKenna and company do an excellent job there. They said James White could potentially be a cut candidate, cut candidate that would for stun. the 2022 Patriots. Would it stun you? And yeah. will he have the same role if healthy and on the team? Yeah. First of all, if he gets he, he I'm going to say right now, James White will not be cut. The downside will be James White starts on Pump. PUP. Yep. Then I'm a hundred percent there stays till mid season mm -hmm. on PUP. Uh, then they work. It's like it out a trade and, for him. Oh, by the way, no. no, they won't. I don't think they would trade him either. He'll stay on the team. So worst case scenario, he's on PUP all year and gets a golden parachute paycheck from the Patriots. Like Troy Brown in 2007 yes. goes back for one punt and they're like, okay, that's enough. Come on back. Yeah. yeah. That, I, so, I, okay. don't, I don't see them cutting him. I don't see them trading him. He will finish his career as a Patriot. I don't, I don't oh, think oh, he, I don't not necessarily if he gets healthy, he could play somewhere else next year, but this sure, year he's I don't, a Patriot. Yeah, I, yeah, okay, yes, I, he's definitely a Patriot this year. I just don't think he plays at all this year. Like he's going to stay within the organization, but I don't think he's going to touch the field. I just don't think he's going to be able to get healthy enough. Yeah, and it's it's a big injury, hips and backs, and mm -hmm. I took it as a good sign that he was out there for OTAs, doing limited things, taking some handoffs and drills. Then he mm -hmm. wasn't, so. Mm -hmm. We'll see where this goes. I'll root for him because he is a freaking great guy. And, yep. you know, we were favorite. About just because Harris and Stevenson, let's say, catch 25 balls apiece, doesn't mean they replicate, replicate, replicate what James White has been for this offense for the last three or four years. He has been, in my opinion, one of the best pure pass catching backs in football, you know, catching 70, 80 passes, key yeah. passes, and had that sneaky little freaking. Troy Brown, you know, on third and six, he'll get you seven. Make something of, happen. Yes, and move the chains. So not all, you know, 50 catch seasons are the same, and you have a ways to go. I mean, Ivan Fears will tell you. 
he's the best he's ever coached at it, and he's coached a litany of very productive NFL pass-catching running backs. Fun little stat on this one, and then we'll get to the last question of the segment. Uh, per Pro Football Focus underscore Patriots, James White, 90.2 overall grade on screen passes since 2018, highest among all running backs. So that completely backs up your idea, Andy. But also our eyes would tell you the exact same yeah, thing. Yeah, anybody who's just- watched him says there is there are a few people on the planet Monster. who – run a screen pass as well as James White because he doesn't have the pure physical tools a lot of those types of guys have. So mechanically, Mm -hmm. he has to be perfect. He has to read it perfectly, and you're like, oh, that guy, well, that guy's not getting him. Oh, that guy's, well, that guy didn't get him. It's like he makes people miss. He makes the perfect read, sets up the blocks with the the linemen. Phenomenal at it. So I don't want to uh, dismiss the value that he's brought and or you may miss if he's not on the field. Uh, we should uh, check the rookies real quick before we wrap this up. That's exactly where we're going. Final question of the segment, uh, and we don't have too much time on it, so let's do. We'll call it a zip take. Zip. Just give me your take and let me know what you think. The okay. rookies, Kevin Harris and Pierre Strong Jr. Shime, so, you go first. Which one has? Which one? <laughs> sorry, Andy. I know you were already there. Summer. You douchebags. Little, uh, little zip take. Who has a greater impact on the 2022 Patriots, Strong yeah, or Harris? I felt like coming out of the draft, it's Strong. Uh, I know Andy said he has might have a case of the stone hands, and that's very possible. But I think when it comes to actually running the football, I see the more I see more potential with Strong than I do. Uh, uh, was it Kevin Harris? Right, is the other one? Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. So dismissive of Kevin Harris. He didn't. All right, Andy. No, I just proceed. Okay, so we have a uh, thunder and lightning, right? Quadzilla type guy, massive Ron, Ron Dane and uh, Ron Dane and Tiki Baba. And you have the guy who ran the fastest 40 time four three seven of running backs at the combine huge season for South Dakota state productive. Uh, neither guy based on scouting reports is really a third down option, even though a lot of people are painting strong as a future third down option um, was productive through the air, but his NFL.com scouting report says lacks third down value, quote unquote, stiff hands which is better than kevin harris whose scouting report says quote catches the football like it's made of lava (laughs) (laughs) so uh here's my prediction if damian harris and ramondre stevenson stay healthy we never see kevin harris and pierre strong has the bigger rookie impact if one of the two lead backs gets hurt kevin harris will have a big impact and if that happens if he gets some injury carries he will have a hundred yard game. I'll call him Ben Jarvis Green Harris. He's a little Damian Harris, a little Ben Jarvis Green Ellis. I could totally see that happening. And don't forget back in 2011 when the Patriots used a second and third round pick on the talented Mr. Ridley and Shane Vereen, although I think it was actually strike that reverse at the other order. Yep. They barely saw the field in 2011. And next thing you know, in 2012, it was like, oh my gosh, we have a new passing back and a new lead back. So. It's Anything ideal like that is if on the these table. guys don't play. The ideal uh-huh. scenario is Harris, Stevenson, and even White are healthy, and you never see these guys. And then 2023, good luck. That was a phenomenal segment, almost good enough to be its own podcast. Hey, wait a second. It is because when you subscribe to the Six Rings and Football Things podcast, not only do you get the entire enchilada, but you get a little couple of mini enchiladas, some taquitos along the way. That is our breakdown. I love a good taquito, Shime. Highly underrated, highly underrated south of the border snack and app, a snappetizer, if you will. Great takes. Good job, boys, at Six Rings Pod. And, of course, Six Rings Pod at Gmail. 
Com. There was your running back breakdown 2022 for the NFL's New England Patriots. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to do's, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And we are moving on with our next segment here on Six Rings and Football Things. We're going to do Pat's Potpourri, or Pat's Puri, as you call it, in the middle as we touch on a couple of news notes, tidbits, and nuggets from around the National Football League and the wide world of Patriots. Andy, how do you feel about this little thing that came from, I believe it was at Jordan Football, but it goes back to Jeremy Fowler at ESPN. Trending, an anonymous coach told at Jay Fowler ESPN that Patriots quarterback Mac Jones was, quote, way too overprotected in the Patriots offense last season. Do you agree with that take? And does that give more credence to the idea that maybe they're going to let Mac cook this season? Uh, I do not agree with the take. He was so overprotected that you made the playoffs and he made the Pro Bowl and you had what I think a lot of people would call a pretty successful developmental season. I think a lot of let's see, there's four other cities that drafted quarterbacks in the first round that I bet you they would have liked to have had the developmental type season that Mac Jones and the Patriots had. They did not. Certainly in Jacksonville, where maybe the most talented guy was squashed by the circus. So, no, I I think they they managed and developed a young quarterback the way you should. How many times have we talked about young quarterbacks getting broken? Oh, they put him in a bad position or they broke him. And like, no, that. No, you, you, I think you managed him properly and well. Year two is called the year to jump for a reason. Like the expectations mm-hmm. increase, your knowledge increases, go for it. So, yeah, I think he will have a jump this year. I think we've already seen a jump in leadership and aggressive play and aggressive vocal um, approach to practice. Leadership. But I like what they did last year. Maybe I'm just a McDaniels rump swab. Yeah, I don't necessarily think they overprotected him. Uh, was mm. he sheltered a little bit as a rookie quarterback? Sure, but you do that with any rookie player. That's Smart. kind of what you have to do to get him acclimated to the NFL. Um, I, you know, I, I, you know, you everyone knows my opinions on Mac Jones. They're not gonna, they haven't changed. They're not gonna change. Um, it's just, it is what it is. Uh, there he never is. change. There he can win a hundred Super Bowls and they'll never change. Well, I mean, back. I mean, right now, it's not gonna change right now. Like uh, it's. I'm just, I'm not going to beat the same, I'm not going to yell and scream and beat the same drum. So I, do I think it's going to help him being protected last year, going to let him be unleashed this year? No, I don't. But I do think that he was sheltered a little bit last year. Yeah, I think that's obvious. I don't think having the restrictor plates, the restraining bolts, uh, the reins on, the rookie reins on him last year was much of a hindrance at all. It's just that more now they're going to trust the offense with him with McDaniels gone. If they open things up a bit, I think 
the way that we've seen things organized speaks to their confidence in him. And yes, I do think that Mac will, since this is what the kids love saying, Mac will cook a bit more this season. I've gone on the record, gone on the record and said he will throw over 30 touchdowns, but he will also throw double digit interceptions this year. I will make the reference that you guys won't understand. And I'm not even sure how many of our I, listeners will, but I I this might. is, this is not the, uh, the same as, uh, rock Lee with his training weights and taking those off in his epic fight against Gara in the critically acclaimed anime Naruto. So, Oh no, go. I didn't understand that. And now I'm actually sad that you said it. Yeah, exactly. It made, that was the made point. me feel even that much more out of touch as Andy shakes his head, whiskers on microphone. Speaking of Mac Jones, Shime, you were not with us when we did our rankings of the top five Patriots recently on an excellent episode. It was a two man dynamic duo episode. Well Fitzy and Hart on the Six Rings pod. We ranked our top five Patriots players. Pro Football Focus has released their top three players on the team, and they are Matthew Judon. McCorkle Jones and Andy David Andrews mm. agree or disagree with that. And Shime, your top three Patriots. Yeah, I disagree on one of them. I think I think uh, Judon and Andrews are probably up there. I would put Trent Brown up there. I think when fully healthy, Trent Brown might be the best pay, might be the best player on the roster. Talk uh, to me. Mm-hmm. The biggest issue is him staying fully healthy. But when healthy, we have seen him be a dominant top three NFL style tackle. Like we've seen it. And so in my opinion, he is when healthy, the best player on the roster. Um, So I would go with Brown Andrews and then Judon um, with Damian Harris being slightly edged out. I think in my opinion, he might be the fourth best player on the team. I think our, I think our rankings align a bit more shine because I had Mac Jones as one of the top Patriots, but I also had Trent Brown up there as well. Uh, Andy, gave me the business because I did not include my Patriots hero, of course, Nick the Folk. legend of Big Kick, yeah. Nick, exactly, yeah. who is not only one of the most important, but inarguably one of the best as well. David You're doing Andrews, a bad job of being a honk here, Fixie. I, I, now, the see, but here, I want to follow along here because as pro football focuses, David Andrews is top three on the team, and you say you could see him being top three, and I believe that Andy had him in his top five, correct? Not correct? Did you? Oh. Great, good. (laughs) Great recall. Excellent podcasting, too. Terrific conversation. (laughs) Uh, Boring conversation. Anyway, Luke, we're going to have company. Um, Star Wars deep cut number one on the episode. Thank you. Well done. Uh, It's interesting because it seems like the Patriots keep doing things to potentially, I'm not going to say displace Bear, but it looks like David Andrews is going to have company or at least competition because. You've got uh, obviously James Ference is James Ference is going to be a swing guard, but he could play center in a pinch. They grab that kid, Chasen Hines out of LSU in the sixth round. I believe guard could potentially play center. And this week they sign former Kansas city chief Daryl with two R's Williams to the team as well, who played center out in Kansas city. So do they just want to back up center that badly? Are they looking to get cheaper at the position? Cause it's not like David Andrews has paid what used to be Alex Mack money or anything like that, or whatever the hell the name of the center is on Tampa Bay. He gets, I read it as like a break glass in case of emergency situation mm. where if David Andrews gets hurt, you need somebody more reliable to fill in. Uh, I, I don't see it as anything else other than that. I think, Belichick knows how good and how useful David Andrews is going to be, especially if Mac Jones wants to have success. I think David Andrews is a vital part of that. And so 
without him, you don't want the entire team to fall apart if he does suffer an injury. So you need some kind of relatively suitable backup. Not Marshall Newhouse. I apologize to the audience, Andy, not just for you in general, uh, but also for me not knowing the name of the center of the Buccaneers. Of course, that would be Ryan Jensen. Please proceed. Yes. Uh, yeah, no, I think it's depth. I, I think it's just taking care of the and You know, the, the Patriots have had a lot of good centers over the year that like kind of peter out. I think it's a physically and mentally demanding position. Like you're in the middle, literally the middle of it all. Um, and they, they, I don't love the idea of James Ferentz like playing very much, quite honestly. Mm. Um, so I think adding some depth to that position is a good idea. I just quickly looked at Andrew's contract and they could certainly move on from him after this year. He has two years remaining, but the bulk of the money is salaries. Uh, dead cap hit if after next year would only be seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars. So, Ooh, okay. you know, he's your starter. He's your guy this year. We'll see where it goes. He's also been dinged up and had that weird um, blood clot lung thing a yep. couple of years ago. So, you know, you just need to make sure durability wise and just reliability wise, you have somebody else ready to go. So I wouldn't put too much on that. Yeah, no, great guy, team leader. Everyone loves him. Like he was playing through a couple things. What's that? Stories. Did I ever tell you guys about the time I talked to him on draft night? (laughs) No, I didn't hear that one. No, really? I'll get to it after the pod in uh, Six Rings Extra, which is available if you subscribe. On our Patreon. And get on the Patreon. Yes, you got to go through the paywall. But it is worth it. Uh, Also, I noticed on a website, uh, could be hopefully it's a good year for David Andrews. This one caught my eye. Maybe this will turn into as Andy and I came up with multiple future podcast topics in the last episode of Six Rings. This could potentially be another podcast topic, but I'll hit you with this quickie little zip take on this one, boys. Mac Wilson, could he be the top career revival candidate on the Patriots 2022? Of course, the linebacker acquired from the Cleveland frowns in exchange for Chase Winovich, 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 Mac yeah. Wilson, off ball linebacker, speedy could be his speed. Sideline to sideline could be used to, I don't know, make Buffalo punt once or just at least keep up with the modern NFL offenses. Any sort of role this year? Do we think uh revival candidate or just we'll see. I, I think it's more so it was just like a trash for trash kind of trade. Uh, I mean, he was a fifth round pick. It's not like he was a high end. It's not like Barkevius Mingo where it's like, all right, former first round pick. Maybe there's something there. I I don't think so. If anything, I think he's going to be a special teamer. Uh, You may see him a little bit on the defense. I don't think a lot, to be completely honest. I think he's just kind of another depth piece guy to have on the roster. Not like he uh, couldn't turn into the new Shea McClellan, discarded one place, revived elsewhere? No. Um, If I were making a list of career revival candidates, he would not be very high on it if he were on it at all. Certainly, Devontae Parker would be ahead of him. Mm, Uh, Jabril Peppers would be ahead of him. See, this Uh, is a good topic. Ty Montgomery, I think, would be ahead of him. Malcolm Butler would be ahead of him. Butler. This is the the theme of this team this year. This is the redemption tour. The revive, yeah. the revive. Is it? Should we go like revival? The revivalists, now? just like the band. Dude, shine the revivalists. I like it. Andy, write that one down. How about the not good anymore? Wait, what? Also possible. Uh, so, did the spirit question. of shine travel through the fiber optics into Andy? Because I don't like, like teams that their theme is like if they somehow redemption. find a way to be as good as they used to be. Or We're like going a on a redemption tour. No, I'd I'd much rather it be a breakout. If you want to say the theme, I'd rather it be a breakout tour for Mac Jones, Christian Barmore, and some of the young guys. Because if that happens, now I'm feeling it. 
So with this potpourri segment, can I ask a question that I actually have? Uh, you know, Shime, I would absolutely love, and I think the people would love if you have a random Patriots so question. Sure. So it's just because he was on ESPN yesterday, uh, and Dominic and Sue talking about how he wants to continue to play in the NFL. Mm-hmm. I know we've talked about maybe the Patriots late add Trey Flowers to beef up that defensive line a little bit. Would you have any interest in bringing in a guy like Dominic and Sue to kind of help mentor Christian Barmore on a one-year deal? So much so that I wrote about it a couple of weeks ago for weei.com on my five free agents still available who could provide some value and assistance to this team. Why? Big and nasty. I want someone to come in with that big and nasty Andy. And I would love to see what he would do playing for Bill Belichick. There has to be, has to be, has to be a little part of him that says, I wonder what I could do on that line. And for that team with Bill Belichick, who I've always played against, but never for. Yeah. I mean, I would take him. Just as a depth piece, um, that drop. I would I would take <laughs> I would take Trey Flowers more. Um, yeah, and if yeah. I was looking for anybody to mentor, I think Trey Flowers is a tremendous human being, leader, player, work ethic. You know, I think Barmore is a far more talented player in, than Trey Flowers, in my opinion. Coming at you know, obviously they also kind of play two different positions. It's kind of why I I thought of Barmore when I was thinking of Indomic and Sue, right? They're mm-hmm. more of that pass rushing style nose tackle yes. um, that can add some gap teeth penetration to the middle yeah. of the defense. Yep. I don't particularly think that the defensive line is that great yet. I know we broke it down, and Andy, you're higher no, on that room than the running back room. I think they could use one extra big body and I would love a little extra nasty on the line. So yes, Shime, I for one would welcome it. Yeah. Cause I, I think for me, like it's, I, I feel like Indomitian Sue has matured from some of those issues he had had early on in his career. The you know, junk the stomp- stomping days the, on Thanksgiving yeah. day. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But at the same time, still maintained that teeth, that edge that I don't think this Patriots team really has much of, right? That's, We're good, not- that's a good answer. Like this team just does not have that nasty, nasty in them at all that I, I can, that I can feel. I'm That's not sure not, where the nasty. We're comes. all in lockstep on this. I love it. Yeah. If you want to just sell me on the nasty, I think this team could use a little more nasty. <laughs> Andy Hart's new catchphrase. If you want to sell me on the nasty, do the nasty. Uh, I'm here for it. <laughs> I, could, I would take that guy. A lot of drops saved off during that segment. Finally, uh, on the defensive line front, Shime, nice segue and or tee up for me. Andy passed along this link arena right before we started the pod today. The 33rd team, which has turned out to be one of the better one-stop shops for analysis, breakdowns, and information NFL-wide, has given mm. us some good content, some nice uh, meat to gnaw on, if you will. A little something to chew on. 33rd team. They recently tiered, T-I-E-R, the league's best front sevens. Your New England Patriots, I'm actually going to read what they said about your New England Patriots. They did not finish in the top tier. Spoiler alert. Nope. They did not finish in the second tier. Nope. Second to first tier was Tampa, Buffalo, San Francisco, Indianapolis. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That would mean Quiddy Pay takes a big step forward. They also did pick up in Gawkway. Uh, I can understand that. Tier two, nope. That's Green Bay, the Rams, who I thought would be tier one, and Dallas, even though they lost Randy Gregory. Tier three, the Commandos, the Stillers, Tighten Up, Eagles, Ben's Gals, and the Chefs. Mm, I think they could be due for a little regression this year. Oh, although they did pick up George Karloftis, who I really liked. I thought the Pats, he would have been a nice fit in Foxborough. But I digress. Were they in tier four, Shime? 
No, they were not. Nope. That's the Ravens, the Cardinals, the Panthers, the Saints, who they, the Chargers. Hmm, that's kind of low considering that they've got, um, oh, I don't know, Khalil Mack, Mack and Joey Bosa. Jeez. And the Jaguars. No, your Patriots are in the fifth tier with the Brownies, the Raiders, and the Broncos. And it says here, Andy, tier five consists of units that struggle, struggle in a major category. Majority of the talent on these defenses is young or newly placed together. Could easily be the most volatile tier out of the pack. They could jump up or they could fall back. How feel you's twos about those rankings? Wait, so it's just to clarify, this is the best defensive lines. Line front, seven. front seven. Oh, front, front seven. seven. That's I still don't grub. understand how the Raiders are that low. That doesn't make sense. Max Crosby is awesome. An animal. And they, and they added Chandler Jones. Mm -hmm. Like, it's not like... I. I I understand their linebackers? their linebackers. Their linebackers are not great. Oh, they have right. uh, they have Rick problem. and they've got uh fast Charlie and. Um, but the at the same guy. time, like I look at, I, I look at a team like Hankins, Nichols, uh, Denzel Perriman. But I look at a team like the Arizona Cardinals. You're yeah. telling me that they the stink. Raiders and Patriots aren't as good as a Wash JJ Watt, Rashard Lawrence, Zach Allen, Devon Kennard. Zavin Collins, Isaiah like Simmons, him. and Marcus Golden. Mm -hmm. Their linebackers aren't bad. Their linebackers are fine. I love Zavin Collins. Love you have to understand, though, Collins. from it, forget the other teams. Let's just talk about the Patriots tier five status. Yep. They don't have linebackers. Agreed. No one knows who their I, linebackers are. So it's like fair. you're automatically docking multiple tiers. That I agree with. I totally right. understand. And that. and I think there's some upside. Let's just say Steve and Bill Belichick are right and Josh Uche has a breakout third year and he's a big piece of the puzzle defensively. Like that right there could boost this group. The problem with this group is Juwan Bentley is your whatever you want to call it, known commodity or whatever, like your linebacker, and I think he's just a guy that Gets tackles eight yards downfield. Like he's the lone remaining big body. Uh, the, but he's, the holdover. He's I'm trying fine. not to be mean. He's not good. He's a he's jack. Not, no, 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 no. He's not great, Andy. No, no, no. He's not good. He's not good. Come on. He's, he's not, not horrific. Good. I don't want to say he should never step on an NFL field. He's like a backup. He's like a rotational run stopping backup. Except for them, he's a green dot leader, middle of it all, and therein lies. The problem. The Do we really think he's going to carry the green dot this season? Who else? Maybe is some. Know? I don't know. Someone else. There are candidates. Maybe somebody Safety. else. Safety. Adrian what if it's Phillips. Peppers? What Adrian Phillips would make it because they're going to play so many safeties, many of which will be cheating down the line and or in the box. And so Maybe that's also one of the Adrian reasons Phillips. why I find this exercise, at least that the thirty third team did, a little difficult Fruitless. for the Patriots, is mm -hmm. because I just. I understand that they don't have a lot of linebackers, but their safeties, they have a ton of them, and they're probably going that's to play. This is about. No, 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 I understand that, but like their safeties, their front they're seven not is to... amorphous. I hear what you're you saying. Yeah, going... Hey, look over here. Ignore the man behind the curtain. No, my issue is, is that they're not going to utilize their safeties like only like defensive backs, right? They're going to Correct. utilize their safeties in the box like linebackers. Yeah. And so, you know what Bill Belichick does to those teams? Bends them over. Mm, yeah, but Belichick did it a lot I last mean, year. Might be one of them now. You know, like he is one of them now, and that's my point. Like, this is out of necessity, not an idealistic approach. So, yeah. for a team to say, like, 
this is a front seven rundown. I have no problem with it, and I have no problem with it. I actually like the defensive line for the Patriots. As Fitzy said, I probably like them more than most. I think Barmore's a future star. I think Larry Guy has been underrated for years. I think Henry Anderson could sneaky help. Like, I think they're a decent, decent defensive line. The problem is they don't have linebackers, and Judon is – they Very have good them. It's just there's a player. lot of question marks, and we don't know how many safeties they'll be playing down the line. They don't have linebackers All that have ever right. done a goddamn thing. I don't have any more time league. to entertain more of your nonsense and Jesus. hyperbole in this segment. I wasn't we, the one yelling today. Every uh, once we, in a while, he tries to be the super fan Fitzy. We're every, done said, with this he one. Picks and, and moving right. on. Rake I wish I could. The best linebacker. I wish I had the mute function. Unfortunately, that's I wish I had not around to come through this microphone and whoop your ass. That seems a little aggressive. That is your second yellow card on the day, sir. You will not be allowed to participate in our next podcast. Nope. Yeah. Excellent segment of excellent edition of Pat's Potpourri. The Pat's Potpourri, once again, at Six Rings Pod, Six Rings Pod at gmail.com. Good times, great oldies, and your pals, Chime, Jumbo, and Fitzy. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. And here we are in the final segment of this edition of the Six Rings Pod. Gonna do a little bit of the listener mail, but also, shall we play a game? Indeed, we shall. And today's game is one of everyone's campfire, uh, high school, and beer drinking favorites. It's an edition of Would You Rather. Ooh, I love this game. It's always a good time. I have uh, cooked up a couple of Would You Rather questions that I found both on the internet and that have also been on the big, beautiful mind of this Foxborough fanboy in particular. So, gentlemen. We will start with Andy. We'll go with age over beauty with our first one. And then Shime, I'll throw it to you. I'm just going to ask you a question. Guys, give me a little zip take on it. Really hope no one is watching because Andy's doing horrible Gene Simmons like things right now that are probably going to leave me appetiteless when I sit down at the dinner table later tonight. Here's our first. Would you rather 2022 Patriots edition? But it's not necessarily a Patriots question. This one's a bit more of a football question in general. I got this from yeah. Pro Football Focus. Andy, would you rather. Win two Super Bowls as a role player, or would you rather make the Hall of Fame with no rings? Hall of Fame with no rings. Um, the the whole multiple Super Bowls as a role player—that's great. That's fun and all, you know. Whether you want to call it the Matt Chatham or the Matthew Slater, Tully Banta Kane. Well, but Matthew Slater is like a Hall of Fame in his job. Like fair. Th- this this stems from a stupid. Pro football focus tweet about Chris Hogan versus Larry Fitzgerald. I'd like yep. to be Larry Fitzgerald every effing time. Yep. I want to be one of the all-time greats. The winning the Super Bowl isn't necessarily on me, unless I guess maybe I'm a quarterback. But other than that, I'm so reliant on my organization, my coaching staff, my quarterback, all of that. Yes, I want to be an all-time great. I want to walk down the street like the natural, and they say, "There's one of the best that ever did it." I would there, rather there be goes Dan, Andy Hart, the most I would annoying rather person be Dan ever. Marino. <laughs> Yes, you would. Oh, you see, because I would, I would be so Dan much Marino rather be Chris be... Hogan. Are you kidding? What? Go off in the AFC championship. Big. He had two phenomenal Super Bowls. Obviously, he didn't really have that much of an impact in 53. 
but the guy was great in the Super Bowls. Do you want to know he what those role players role, have to do? But he, they're going to have to rings. sell those Super Bowl rings eventually because they can't afford anything because they were but, role players. Where Dan Marino is a rich son mm, of a gun with a gold jacket for the rest of his generalizing. life. generalizing. I don't know. I think that sounds a little stereotypical. I would much rather have the rings because without the rings, it don't mean a thing. You ask, I'd love for you to ask. Larry I would rather be immortalized. I would love in for you to with a bust ask, of my face. Yes. Then have one of the great ask Randall Cunningham, ask Randy books. Moss. Would you rather be considered one of the greats or would you rather have one of those rings and go, step a tear down 50 years great. from now? Who are they going to remember? Right. Dan Marino or Chris Hogan? I actually think you just said that while we, you guys were arguing, I was thinking it's far enough away. And we're maybe a new agey enough podcast. Mm -hmm. I think there's an outside shot. Somebody listening to this podcast could say, Chris Hogan? Yeah, I've heard the name, but I don't really remember what he did or who he was. Like it's disgusting. It's absolutely disgusting. Why is it disgusting? It's not it terrible. Is what it is. He's no, a it is player. not. Complimentary player. He's a if you're not player from New England, but he was no an impactful complimentary player. I'm not talking about a role player like Cody Davis. I'm not talking about Joe Cardona. I'm talking about a role player Mike who has Cloud. an impact in the games. Ooh. Oh, wow. Listen to yeah, you. I, I would rather Listen be an to MVP, you. Yes. Hall of Famer. All you, so, so Charles Barkley. Yeah. Would you want to be Charles Barkley? You'd rather be uh, Robert you know, Ory. Yes. Al Horford. Uh, Al Horford Al doesn't have any rings. Well, he could have. I'd rather. Would I rather be Pau Gasol than Charles Barkley? Yes, I would. What? Yeah, that's stupid. That is you, stupid. That, that is, is one of the dumbest arguments we've ever heard on this podcast. No, it's we've not. Had a lot I would not. rather be Charles Barkley. I would rather be Pau Gasol because I have rings and I get to wear them and I get to talk so about you'd rather being be Danny the Amendola absolute best than be Hell Dan yeah. Marino. Well, first of all, I'd be handsome as F word. Yeah, it's true. No, no, no. I'm <laughs> talking about swimming in it. All perspective. No, absolutely. I'd rather be that's Danny stupid. Amendola. What? That's stupid. I don't this know. That's it. That's me and not you, and that's why we play the games. You're moving idiocy. on. No, I'm. You're an idiot. Now I didn't you, call now you an idiot. idiot. I said it's idiocy. <laughs> all right. I allowed you to double adverb earlier. From now on, I'm calling all grammar fouls. Next one. We need. A new Would host. you rather win? Uh, I think I already know your answer, but I'll just do it again. Another pro football focus uh, hypothetical. Would you rather Chris Shime win a Super Bowl as a backup or be the league's MVP? Yeah, I'd rather be Lamar Jackson. Yeah, but you'd have don't have, but you don't. Get I would like, rather be Lamar Jackson than be Chase Daniel. Right, mm, like know, it's man. it's very what? simple. There's Backup no quarterback suppers are so good because oh, you got that ring. It's hard. Awesome. You know what it is? Those it's Lamar hard, Jackson. Hard, you know what? It's hard to cut the steak when you have that contract. all those gold and carrots uh, on your hand, guys. These aren't serious questions, are they? It's playful. Off-season, dead zone, no, fun, ding-dong. You actually agree with the stupid I, question no, from PFF. I, no, I would legitimately rather win a Super Bowl as a role player than make the Hall of Fame with no rings. I would much rather win the MVP than yeah. be Blaine Gabbert. Or Ryan oh, yeah. Griffith. Or, yeah. you know, or, I mean, that's or, or Brian Hoyer. Obvious, like... Okay, well, there was a little debate in the first one. Now we will switch to the Patriots editions before we get to the listener mail and wrap it up. Gentlemen. Andy, back to you. Would you rather have the Patriots finish top five in rushing yards or passing yards this season? Passing yards. Is it because that means Mac Jones had a nice breakout year and my guys in the receiver position like Devontae Parker, Kendrick Bourne, some of those guys also somewhere along the line in those the, the guys throwing the ball was much better and the guy catching the ball was much better. A hundred percent top five passing yards. Or, but there's a chance or though Mac gets hurt and Bailey Zappi is the next Justin Herbert. 
Oh and I, my the god. The dumbest thing we heard oh. was 50 Wow. <laughs> Thank you for grabbing the mantle of stupidest thing said in this podcast. Had to. I you had just to. ripped I it out of my to. hands. Dumb and dumber. Like Golden State grabbed to. the lead in the fourth quarter of game four and took control of the series. No, but Shime, here, here, but there is a point to Andy saying he would rather have the Patriots throw for more yards than rush. There's a chance they're behind in so many games. That Mac has to just zip the ball all around the yard. It doesn't matter. But if you're a Patriots if they fan, finish, you want to lead the league in passing yards. Over but if they finish yards. top five in rushing yards, maybe they're winning games, more ball control, complementary offense. You want to see Mac Jones get better for the longevity of your team. You want to see Mac Jones get better. If that's what you're hoping for, you want to lead the league in passing yards. All right. Once again, ever the contrarian, I will go with top five in rushing yards. And finally, Chris Scheim, you take the lead on this one since you just ripped away the dumbest statement said on the podcast Anytime, from baby. me and owned it. You ready for this one, Scheim? Yeah. This season, would you rather see the Patriots offense or the Patriots defense finish ranked in the top 10 in the league? It's the offense. It's like, I think it's, I think the, the question is very similar to the first question. It's the mm, offense. I think Andy's thinking want- this time. I, no, I, I think you want you want to see and know that Mac Jones progressed, so it has to be the offense. I don't really care how where the defense ranks. I, I don't. I, it matters more seconds. where the offense ranks. <laughs> <laughs> no, but okay, the defense, the offense could finish like fifteenth, but they're still competitive. But if the defense earns their standing as a top ten defense, Andy. That'll keep you in ball games, and I think defense I mean, is they the were biggest question. Three last year, and they couldn't make the Bills punt. So yeah, yeah we all like, thought I, that defense was wildly overrated keep, at that point. You watch that Bills Chiefs game. You need to score. I don't. You don't need to play defense. You need to score. Yeah, you need and to you, stop and, people and from scoring to do, too. You okay. don't. You, you just don't. need There's to outscore your opponent. One by just scoring. That's yep. that's the new way. Whatever happened to the fundamentals of football? Listen to the two of you just steering into the nonsense narratives of now. Used to it. I still hold tight and true to the things that made the game great in the first place. Andy, are you going with Shime on this one? Yeah. I mean, we know these, my brought up the defense from last year. Like these can be misleading. Like this is an example, Fitzy. This could be where you end up with a top 10 offense because you're chasing and you throw the ball a lot. You put up a lot of yards, late points, but that's not good. They both can be fake because there was nothing faker than last year's defense. The fraud of all frauds couldn't get off the field on run plays when they needed to early in the year. Mm-hmm. Couldn't stop a nosebleed late. The in Bills the year. defense was number one, and they let up forty-three points to the Chiefs. Defense doesn't matter. But they also made horrendous decisions and had coverage breakdowns because people cool. were not thinking. If Is my internet coaching. broken? Why are you guys slowing down your words? Because we are making points with emphasis. Andrew. I am Clara clarifying everything for the people Jesus. and i just want to clarify since you're clarifying clarify yeah clarify me Ooh, double clarify clarification statement about zappy still not as dumb as your crappy statement about <laughs> rather be a role player on a super like we've seen come out of nowhere yes, quarterback <laughs> sensation stories and the guy threw for six thousand yards in college so and now all of us is a oh, better take than yours ooh, all aboard the zappy train toot toot here they go zap <laughs> I'm doing my zappy, zappy dance you know it. because he's zappy, zappy clap along. He's like a room without a room. Awesome boobs. Zappy. All right, fine. Well, agree to disagree. That's the new name of Would You Rather the next time that we don't play it here on the Six Rings Pod. And to wrap things up today, we throw it to the mail desk with our one and only producer extraordinaire and third man in, Chris Shime. Shime, take it away. Oh, 
Alrighty Fitzy at Classy per- Claire. Male person. I don't know. <laughs> why can't it be the female desk? Oh. Okay, yeah, now you have grabbed the stupidest everything. thing. Anyways, that's his that's his name in Gotham. We won't rest until we defeat the derailleur. <laughs> at Classy Claire. Is there a particular player who is still available in free agency that feasibly you would really like the Patriots to go get? I think um, we can all say the name on three. One, two, three. Trey, Trey Flowers. Flowers. <laughs> he ruins everything. I think it's. I think he would be We've better. We've got the derailleur and the ruiner, and I just. I guess the fanboy. All right, good. No, no, I'm. I'm Mister Negativity. All right, Mister Negativity. That's right. Negatron. Mr. Freeze. Ne- Negatron. By the way, none of us said OBJ. Negatron. No, I don't want to. No, I would. I would. I. I actually, who would I want the most? Indomik and Sue. Who do I think would fit best? That is a more realistic option. That would be Trace Flowers. Glenn Ordway covering all his bases. Anyways, uh, I'm not talking at, about ball movement, you ding dong. It's the movement. Jake Hamilton asks, uh, Gerard Mayo feels like the most valuable asset on the Patriots coaching staff outside of Belichick. What do you think they need to do to keep him around? Keep winning, giving him the DC title, give him the reins even more? Question mark, question mark, question mark. None and of the they? above, no chance. Like, oh, this is his last year, probably. Job, yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, he's a rising star. He's well th- thought of around the league. You know, that that Chris Long podcast I listened to, he was talking about how he's here and all these good things around the league about Mayo. Mayo's gone as soon as the, I won't say the first opportunity, the first good opportunity comes up. And mm-hmm. like, I don't begrudge him. Like he wants to be a head coach. He should probably be a head coach someday. Those are, there's only 32 of those jobs as they say. So yeah, no, there's nothing you can do. I mean, you can try, bump him up a little pay, make him feel good, all that. But as soon as the offer comes, he's going to take it. I think Stevie B is the Belichick's, uh, rather the defensive coordinator of the future. I don't think I think he's pretty well entrenched there. I don't think that's changing. I don't think he's going anywhere anytime soon as long as Bill is there. But while we're here, for the hell of it, um, at Fitzy GFY asks the original or rather the members of Off Day Podcast 2.0 who are now part of the Six Rings Pod here, who's the next coach of the New England Patriots? Oh, Matt my Patricia. guess. Oh. I don't even want to answer. I, I have vomit in my mouth. I don't dis. Now I don't Matt discount it. No one we know that Bill's going to stay here. So five that years. my blah, blah, blah. my guess is is it's someone we don't necessarily know yet. Someone that hasn't been a head coach yet is what I, I think. Going. It's Gerard Mayo. That's why I ask. I honestly think if Bill mm-hmm. coaches five years, no. But Mayo goes somewhere, does okay for a couple of years, invariably there's ownership issues. The quarterback, you know, gets hurt. He gets blamed okay. for it. And then he comes back, and Bill brings him in, and there's your new coach. Well, wait, wait, so well out. regarded in the organization. Time out. Time out. What? What? That what? last what? sentence was stupid. What do you mean? Rewind a little bit like they do at the Harlem Globetrotters. And then who brings him in? Bill brings him back in. You ain't bringing nobody in. Why do you people do this? Who are you? Hey, hey, hey. Do not lump me in with that. Yeah. Okay, who are these people, and what is it that we do? It's going to be Jonathan Kraft that's yes. going to be the next guy. 
Jonathan right. brings him back. If you had changed your whole story yes. made sense okay, until fine. the line about yes. then Bill, Jonathan say, brings him back in with okay. and Bill gives him his blessing but on the way out the door. I think that's also that? why I am firmly in the be. camp of it's somebody that hasn't been a head coach yet, or at least that we know of, because I think Jonathan's going to do his own research. He's going to pick his guy, not yeah. a guy that was a Belichick guy, not a guy that has ties to Belichick, not a guy that his dad wants. It's going to be Jonathan's guy. He's going to pick it, pick it himself. And he's going to roll with it. Yes, I agree with that. Excellent, guys. We can all agree that that is a sound point. We all had a bite at the worst take apple on the day. I may have taken the biggest bite, if you will. Yes. You swallowed the whole I, damn apple. I, I probably almost all the way down to the core. You deep-throated beauty. <laughs> I, all right, Andy, you didn't have to put that visual in everyone's mind. You already ruined my supper. Now several other people are going to part are going to pass on enjoying the sweet, sweet fruit. Uh, after they listen to this podcast. Good job, guys. That was a chunky, meaty, action-packed episode of Six Rings Pod. Once again, you can follow him at Shime Time. He is at Jumbo Hard. I'm at Fitzy GFY. Tell your friends, rate, review, subscribe, and follow at Six Rings Pod. We will be back Friday morning with a first weekend of summer edition of the Six Rings Pod. After that, Andy will be taking a little bit of a vacation. So Shime and I will take some of the pods. We'll also be having some special guests. Uh, like Kyrie Thompson, who has recently joined the WEI.com staff, maybe some former players and some illustrious others of Foxborough and Patriots lore. Until then, happy summer, everyone. Thanks for listening to the Six Rings pod. Good night. God bless and go Pats.